Hey everyone, it's Craig. Before we get into the show, I'd like to thank everyone for listening, especially our Patreon supporters. For those of you who haven't checked out our Patreon offerings, please go to patreon.com slash Katya and Craig. And there you'll see that we have bonus episodes of many kinds, including regular bonus episodes and then the listener questions episodes. And now a new thing that we have called Katya and Craig's Movie Club. Yes, Katya and Craig's Movie Club. Anyway, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. A Russian ballerina stopping on a bureaucrat. A perky suburban housewife who just got into scats. It's whimsically volatile. Please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, the inevitable, the incomparable, the dazzlingly stupendous talents of none other than the often duplicated but never replicated Australian thunder from down under. She is and was and will always remain to be Runner-up on season six of RuPaul's Drug Race and winner of Celebrity Big Drummer UK edition as well as multi-international universal touring artiste and cabaret sensation the delightfully lithe, nubile and very white woman, thing, singer, songstress and entertainer Courtney was that good? That was amazing. <laughs> Were you channeling a collective consciousness just then? <laughs> Have you crossed over? I've crossed over. <laughs> you blo- you couldn't. Are you keen? Are you keen? <laughs> you know what? I, it took me seven li- years of living in this country, the United States of America, mm-hmm. to learn that being Australian and having an Australian accent was something that I should lean into. So, throughout this interview, I'm going to talk real Australian. Bogan. Yeah. Bogan. Uh, here we go. Okay, Courtney has reclined on the couch and I am um, I am digitally massaging her very disgusting hooves. Phalanges. Yeah. No, wait, that's fingers. That's what are fingers, feet called? Um, metatarsals. Metatarsals? Metacarpals? Metacar- metacarpals up top, tarsals metatarsals. and metatarsals. And we got... um. I forget what the ankle bone is called. Uh, the uh, ankle bone. The ankle bone, yes. Yeah. This is yes. your yeah. gastrocnemius. It sure is, man. This is your patella. Patella. We got a tibia. We got a fibula. fibula. Yeah. We got an Achilles right down here. Mm-hmm. Now, if I take my little buck knife and slice this open, <laughs> <laughs> then I noticed that uh, Courtney had unzipped her jean shorts. <laughs> They're buttons. Oh, but I had unbuttoned her uh, jean shorts and uh, is uh, sporting a very nice semi-chub. I've... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I love a fictional narrative. Oh. No, I've reclined on the couch because I feel like, um, you know, I live in Los Angeles, sort of, and therapy is a very uh, big thing here, and I'm just going to treat this as one big, long therapy session with oh, an great. unqualified professional. Excuse me? <laughs> you must be talking about Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take offense at that because I understand that you are dealing with a lot of trauma, especially coming home to no, find. No, really. I'm pretty privileged and white and and yeah. and lucky. Yes, but still, that does not exempt you from the feelings one must have after coming home to discover that one's domicile has been befouled by shit. by shit in many situations. And not only that, a shitty glass dildo that had shattered. Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't know about the shitty glass oh, dildo. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, It didn't yeah. shatter you in- inside you, did it? No, 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 no. Oh, that would, that would, have you seen glassass.com? I, you know what? I'd rather not. Ooh, I'd is there rather shattering not. In, in that? It's is a the... glass jar. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't even want to talk about oh. it. That is so gnarly. I watched it all the way to the end. So did it I. took me like eight years to get there. Uh, no, I did too. <laughs> and it is, I actually have a visceral response. My, my, my rectum just literally clenches. it clenches which is not what you want to do when you have a broken glass jar inside no, you no sometimes the body's counterintuitive that's true well you have the fight flight and then the freeze yeah, yeah and the shatter response <laughs> and then the shit in someone's bed response yeah so i should we talk about that should I we unpack should, that should, let's, maybe, unpack yeah. let's unpack let's, that one let's, yeah let's unfudge pack it sometimes friends shit in your bed yeah and that's okay yeah is it okay is so it you're okay? okay with it. Have you processed the full depth and breadth of this shame? You have to accept your reality as it is, not as you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's wise. Are you a wise guy? <laughs> Very philosophical, I have to say. No, but I mean, you shut in my bed. I These did. things happen. It does. It was yeah. an accident. It was. She didn't intentionally take a steaming hot turd in my bed, did you? Well, let did me you? tell you one thing. It was definitely not a turd. <laughs> it was, not it a was a fucking. Turd. It was a form. barrel of fucking nasty. Like chunky diarrhea <laughs> shit. All right. It was an onslaught. It was a torrential. It was. A, it was down. Mudslide. It was a mudslide. Yeah. It was like yeah, a holiday yeah. in. K- 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 what's that place in Mexico where you drink mudslides? Uh, Krakatoa. Uh, Caribou. 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 Caribou Cancun. Island. Cancun. Cancun. Yeah. Oh. Caribou Island. It was like a yeah. Cancun mudslide. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was awful. And then um, after that, I, during the intestinal drama, I had inserted a glass dildo at my butt, and then. Um, taking it out and my hands were all slippery with lubricant and so I, it fell on the um the bathroom floor and shattered into a million pieces oh and there was a bit, million little pieces a million little yeah i james fried it yeah or whatever james fried it and then uh it was uh it was not embarrassing to me no why should it be no shit happens it does That's and then right. i it was I, happening a lot at the time it was happening a lot I and mean, when i cleaned it up with i just grabbed some tissues and then got the chunky bits and then put them in the t- in the the trash but i didn't vacuum <laughs> the chunky bits of shitty glass the chunky bits of shitty glass <laughs> um well i have a, you know what Sulema probably vacuumed or probably cut her feet open. <laughs> no, but I stayed in the apartment for days and days and days after it barefoot and I didn't cut my feet. So we're fine. We, is there anything you want to talk about? Yes. I. I, I <laughs> no, there's nothing I want to talk about. I'm getting reflexology right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I've, so you are, do you, do you do therapy? Have you been to a therapist? Before? Yeah. Yeah. I've been to therapy. I go to therapy uh, usually... Uh, after I have a traumatic experience, like being on a competition reality TV show or mm-hmm. breaking up with a boyfriend. Okay. So you've oh, been right. in therapy at least three times. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're probably sick. Are you sick and uh, sick and tired of talking about Drag Race? Are you over it? Uh, uh, like the I'm I'm over it in the sense that the tensions that I created from my experience there are now no longer binding me. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm free from it. You're free. Yeah. And I appreciate it. And I, I love it for what it is now. Yeah. And what is it? It's an amazing opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing experience. It's a whole lot of fun. Um, it's a it's a cultural phenomenon. Like I used to sit there. I remember reading this book called Popism about um by Andy Warhol, or was it about Andy Warhol? 
I think it was by Andy Warhol, about that era in mm-hmm. New York City in the in the 90s, 80s, 60s, 80s. 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 Um, I mean, I skimmed it. I didn't really read it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it online. Yeah, I, yeah. I read, read the, blog. the Amazon description. <laughs> there was people and it was New York. Yeah. And it was like something, something, art, whatever, 15 minutes. Yeah, great. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, I wonder when like the next queer cultural phenomenon is going to be and like how do i be a part of it mm-hmm. and then one day i sort of woke up and i was like i think we're living in it mm-hmm. oh yeah i think that rupaul's drag race has changed the world yeah um i think the world is i think it was a part of the change the world is going through like laverne cox the trans tipping point caitlin jenner on the front of vanity fair mm-hmm. among other things mm-hmm. um and just the conversation about gender and sexuality and how it has just not that drag experience is the same as trans experience, but obviously, you know, there is a, a gender spectrum and um and the conversation in, in wider society and the, the understanding is something that is it intersects mm-hmm. at points. Mm-hmm. Um what was the question? Uh, do you like turtles? <laughs> no, that's the other one. Yeah, that's the other. That's the, that's the other white girl in your <laughs> girl group. Someone at the airport asked me if I was Willem the other day. Oh my god! I was out of drag, which is even more. And I was like, she was like, "Are you Willem?" And I was just like, "No," and kept walking. <laughs> and then I was like, "That's cruel." I was like, "No, I'm Courtney." And she was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Oh my god, you are Courtney. I just love Drag Race, and I and just I was yeah. like, mm. I was outside in, um, in Canada, outside smoking by like a dumpster or something uh, before uh, a gig, and a woman came up and was like, "Are you RuPaul?" <laughs> <laughs> And I said, yes. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Wow. You have a blessed day. Wow. <laughs> Are you RuPaul? I just love that RuPaul. She's so tall and pretty. All you drag queens look the same. Yep. Uh, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a drag queen. Anymore. I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> Let's unpack that. Because yeah, yeah. I wonder about the term, like, drag queen. I was just thinking about this today, where I... I was talking about the the way, like, in, say, like, last night, right, I was out at the Abbey, mm-hmm. and I was chatting to a handsome, heterosexual identifying man. Oh. And were you in drags or not I in was drag? in drags. Oh, you were in drags. I was now, in- Now, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold the phone, hold the phone, Marty. Um, were, did you put on drags just to ensnare a gentleman, or were you working on a project? I was working on a project. Okay. I had been in drags since 6.30 a.m. Uh, Chandra and I were shooting a thing for VH1. Christ. Then Tom Daly and I made uh, uh, some videos for the YouTube. Oh, then cool. I went to Magnus Hastings' house and oh shot God. one of his white box projects. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Marco Marco and I went on a... Po- oh, wow, it's a real who's that of West Hollywood, isn't it? <laughs> wow, oh, do you need indeed. a plate for all these names you're dropping, sweetie? <laughs> um, and then, um, this is my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Take it or leave yeah. it. This is me. Accept me for who I am. Take me for what I am. Oh, God, please don't sing. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we went on a pub crawl, ended up at the Abbey, and this is the best part. I went out in 
what I would describe as lesbian drag oh, for me. Like it was because Magnus and I were talking about like his white box, box project. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, maybe I can do Magnus and I did this great montage. Oh, I think it was great. Great <laughs> montage. Um, and it was nine photos from Shane to Courtney. Yeah. You have a mm-hmm. t-shirt. Yeah. You have a t-shirt. Before Blair St. Clair did a, uh, yeah. watered down knockoff. Um, yeah, let's just, for the <laughs> listeners at home, let's just all clarify the fact that Courtney did it first. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I'm sure somebody else did it before me. Yeah, Jackie Beat invented yeah. it. She invented drag. <laughs> yeah. Big and bitter, covered in glitter. Yes, it's Jackie. It's really Jackie. Um, but I, ow! I just knocked my headphones off. Um, oh, I was just thrust back to reality. Yeah. Out of studio world, out of the podcast. Oh, um, shocking, horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. Um, oh yeah magnus and so we're playing around with ideas about like maybe courtney wearing shane's clothes and shane wearing courtney's clothes or shane and courtney being, we, so we're just playing around with different things so i had like on these like black boys shoes that i bought and a black pair of trousers that were like rolled up and i had like a a, a, a mesh vest tucked in mm-hmm. and then like this silver jacket on top and it was kind of like it was really like empowering a because the shoes were comfortable and I was in drag and I felt like really like, um, Butch. kinda uh-huh. like, like Ruby Rose uh-huh. is like this glamorous woman who also embodies masculinity as uh-huh. a woman and is kind of like sexifies it. Uh-huh. And I kind of felt like sexy in this like natural kind of tomboy. Yeah. Tomboy uh-huh. drag tomboy yeah. Yeah. way. And I was like, I'm going to go out like this. Uh-huh. And, but I, meanwhile, I had like my hair snatched back and my longest ponytail. I was Courtney from the neck up. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Awful from the Something else from the neck down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, so I was chatting to this heterosexual identifying boy at the bar. And I thought. And he was at the Abbey? There's lots of heterosexual identifying men at the Abbey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was like, in that instance. And we were flirting. In that instance, I believe I was trans-perceived, trans-adjacent. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Um, and uh, and it's interesting because a part of, like, like, the term drag queen, right, is about probably, like, more the performative aspect of what I do as Courtney. Mm-hmm. But then, like, for me, when I'm wearing clothes and I'm out at a bar, I'm still, like, me – just wearing different clothes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. I was like, I don't know if I, I don't, I feel like I've used this term like gender fluid uh-huh. and gender queer. Mm-hmm. And I think people think that when I put on Courtney's clothes, I become a different gender and that's how it works. But it's more like there's Courtney, there's Shane, there's like me who doesn't really feel the need to like be a man or a woman. Yeah. So, or like defined as Shane or Courtney. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. sometimes I wear boys clothes. Sometimes I wear girls clothes. Yeah. The other day I said, oh, I was dressed as a boy. And someone was like, that's a weird thing to say. And I was like, well, I feel like I was let dressed as a boy. Like I just put on clothes that. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, you put on little, little whatever you call this, an outfit. An ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then you get at the boys section at, uh, you know, uh, Target Kids or whatever. <laughs> then, gosh, gosh, gosh. Yeah, you put on a pair of dungarees <laughs> and you're a dude. Yeah. I mean, you're, right, okay, sorry, continue. Well, no, I just, like, like when you. You don't get you, hung up on identification. No, and when you jokingly said, I'm an artist, not oh, a drag queen. Yeah. <clears throat> I was like, I was thinking about that and sometimes. I find, I don't know, I'm confused at the moment uh-huh. about whether 
Um, and you you rolled your eyes yesterday when I when I played you this comment. But <laughs> he was doing a lot of that in the last couple of days. Yeah. By the way, I told him something sweet my mother said to me, and he was like, "Oh, Christ!" You were so self righteous. You're like, "I've heard it all before." Well, I have. Yeah. Doesn't be, anyway. So I was it watching. Does, it doesn't mean it's any less real for the other person. Yeah, exactly. You cunt. <laughs> you rotted. Rack oh. off your dog ass mole. Yeah, that, that's the Courtney I love. Yeah. Artist. Activist and cunt. woman, and <laughs> most of all, a child clothe wearing rotted skunk <laughs> sniffing wood chip spewing piece of shit. Aww. I'm just kidding. No, I think the spewing piece of shit yeah. would anyway. Yeah, I think that was your asshole. Yeah. Like that, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Don't project. Yeah, I, I love to project. Go ahead, continue. Um, I was watching Nanette on Netflix, which is a stand up comedy special by an Australian comedian called Hannah Gadsby. Mm-hmm. And in it, she says, that she is quitting comedy because comedy is self-deprecation and self-deprecation is not humility, it's humiliation. And as a person who exists in the fringe, Mm. to put yourself down in order to allow yourself to have a voice Mm. is not something she's longer willing to do to herself or to those people in her community. For me, I was like, oh, wow. And I've gone through this experience recently where I've been given a platform um, from Celebrity Big Brother to be no longer taken as a joke. Yeah, I, I com- No, I, I completely, I understand 100% what you're saying. Mm. 100% what you're saying. Because and I've, I went through the same thing recently too where, where I was at a sensitive period and I was like, you know what? I actually cannot joke about being a piece of shit. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a piece of shit, right. and if like if if you're in, in a sensitive place and your things are up in the air or things are undefined or things are not steady or stable or whatever, you're not confident or whatever. Yeah, like c- constantly st- stabbing a, a metaphorical knife into your gut is not very productive, and also it's not very productive for people who are identifying with you. Yeah, yeah. and it's not that I'm at all incapable or unwilling to laugh at myself because I completely am. Of you very much so are. But it was just so it was just really fascinating where I was like I've been finding myself sitting on like two hour, you know, current affairs and politics panels mm-hmm. in the UK and Australia being asked my opinion on like Brexit and the national healthcare system in drag on morning television without irony. Right. Yeah. And I mean I, that's a different that's a whole different context. It's just it my it's mind crazy. boggles. Yeah. It's brilliant and wonderful and it's odd because that in and of itself I think is subversive. Mm-hmm. Mm, sure. Yet it almost goes without notice because of my my passing privilege I would say. Oh, mm. absolutely. Well, in your ex- I mean let's I'll, I'll you know, um say this without rolling my eyes you're extremely beautiful (laughs) 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 and on television girl it's just whoever was pretty yeah well not on british television which is really nice a bunch of dogs on there it's a dog show you don't have to be beautiful (laughs) to be on british television oh that's cool Uh it's actually cool that's great especially the news programs right yeah but even on no even on like light entertainment anything okay actors entertainment comedians uh commentators every all artists they could just look like human beings they can Uh be tall or short or fat or thin or black or white or have mm. busted teeth or busted well, they anything. All have busted teeth. Yeah, which is nice because it says, 
you don't have to be beautiful to be valuable, which is lovely for a pretty white girl to say. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, says the woman, <laughs> says, says, <laughs> says the girl who's like objectively gorgeous at both in and out of drag under any circumstances, context, lighting, or equipment with any conceivable article of clothing either on or around her. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. <laughs> Guys, now listen. I just need all y'all to know out there, you don't have to be pretty to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoken like a true... No, I'm just kidding. No, Narcissist. Yeah. No, well, well, come on. I mean, we wouldn't be doing a pod- podcast if we weren't narcissists. Or a podcast. A podcast, yeah. A podcast. Yeah. A little bit narcissist. Mm. Um, wait, can just I... Pic- wait, wait. There's a picture in an attic somewhere that wait, wait, looks wait. real ugly. I, I have to... I have to inter- I have, speaking of narcissism, I have to interrupt you. You're checking the likes on your selfie again? Nope. I have to interrupt you, Courtney, because I want to do a dramatic reading of one of the songs that you that you um, oh, wrote. Well, do let me get the appropriate background. Yes, would you would you please get you. pull it up? Sorry, I just I uh, can I, I can I introduce the song? Or are you going to do that? No, I know I'm what gonna, it is. No, no, you don't. Shut up. <laughs> Only I know it. Um, <laughs> um, so this is a very this is a poignant. This is a very. Oh, gosh, it, I tear up every well, I time. I really, I th- really want a zig a zig. Um, sorry, I sprung that on you, Craig, without any. Um, no, no, intro. not at all. We like to move on the fly. It's yes, very exciting. Do. That yeah. adds to the podcast. And this is. Um, you ready? Yeah. The sun is up and I'm coming down. It's been a while, but I'm burning out. Flipping my fingers on the five inch screen. Novocaine pictures comfortably numb to the scene. I'll let you see the good if you know me. I'll show you all the bad if you love me. But oh, oh, only I know the ugly. I'll let you see the good if you know me. I'll show you all the bad. If you love me, I paint pretty on my face, but I'll fight, scream, I'll misbehave. Got secrets you won't see on stage, and that's what you call beautiful. (laughs) I paint pretty on my face, but I'll fight, scream, I'll misbehave. I like that one. Is that I like that. I have to wipe a tear from my eye. Yeah, Pardon me. Very much. Uh, yeah. So she, <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, had the gall, the audacity, the nerve, and the verve Oof. to record a song. Yes. Called "Ugly." It uh, wasn't about superficial I know, beauty. I know. That was I the know. Irony of I, the, the art. irony of the art. So, as let, an artist, <clears throat> you should know. As an artist, let me explain her artistic vision. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's just that. The, um, and this is something, of course. I think perhaps you might agree or agree to disagree with me. Something that I've uh, gleaned and learned and observed in my personal experience living here in Los Angeles mm. is that. Um, all the um, uh, stereotypically or commonly assumed to be attractive people are all big fucking swirling god awful messes inside, which is why they look so pretty. Yeah, <laughs> because they're oh, obviously this is a blanket generalization and Let's can't apply to everybody. Yeah. Let's get under the covers. <laughs> Let's get under the covers. Yeah. Quote the act available. Uh, so insecurity 
can breed many things. Mm. And one of those things it can breed is an attachment to vanity and mm. a... Not just wigs by vanity. Not though. just wigs by vanity. <laughs> no, I mean... The, those are attached by usually tape, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Glue. Glue, glue, glue. 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 Uh, Forgive I mean me, I'm the learning. deadly yeah. sin yes, vanity. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that a body that is is objectively freakishly muscular <laughs> and and grotesquely perfect <laughs> this adjective used is fabulous yeah, this is a very good you have a queen of adjectives well, no, 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 no. i love this is like excuse me sir i couldn't notice how grotesquely beautiful you're looking today <laughs> and your obscene muscles you're obscene, bulging out so yeah. hideously protruding so disastrously from that tight Something yeah. has to drive the yeah. obsession. Mm. Oh, yeah. And often, mm. not always, mm-hmm. that obsession is driven by insecurity. Sure. And I always looked, I wrote a song in 2000 and before, came out just before Drag Race called Mean Gaze. Yes, that's and, right. And it was all live about in West Hollywood. It was all about the Mean Gaze of West Hollywood who, you know, were, are my friends. But I also <laughs> observed in, in, in that perfect ultimate male aesthetic, the insecurity that I saw in myself. Sure. Which was growing up in a world, being socialized in a world that held masculinity, unrealistic beauty expectations at the pinnacle of society. And women understand it as well from beauty magazines and and retouching and body image and models and runways. And, And men, particularly gay men, but now it's an epidemic sweeping all men in the Western world, steroid use is up so oh, yeah. high. Oh, yes, it is. But they're taking steroids, losing their hair, but yeah. then taking... Just do a cycle. You hear that all the time. <laughs> just do a cycle. And then, just do a cycle. And then taking Propecia to stop the hair loss from the steroids you're taking and then yeah. injecting the fake tan so you've got brown skin, which... Yeah, and then you've got to also uh, inject silicone into the scrotum because the balls shrink and then you got to make the dick flop. Exactly. Yeah. It's a rich tapestry. And yeah. then there's also the party drugs that are probably going along with yeah. the low G yeah. and... Uh, Miss ooh, Teen to turn turn. And... Uh, and then, of course, um, uh, Truvada as prep. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's it's a fascinating thing to observe. And I have been a part of that. I think the interesting thing is that I never, um, I never got there. I never achieved my full aesthetic male potential because uh-huh. of the duality, I suppose, that exists in my identity of being Courtney Act as well. Yeah. Or at least for, for most of my 20s, I struggled with, do I want to be... Uh, do I want to look like the the DNA cover model, or right. do I want to be a? Tra- am I a woman? Am right. I a trans woman? Sure. And yeah. I, it would it, I would really fight with it. And when I moved to West Hollywood, I um, was embraced and celebrated for my fishiness. Mm-hmm. In Australia, it was always not good enough. You're like you're not trying hard enough. You're oh, totally. Oh, yeah, Sharon, Sharon, really? Yeah, sharing needles with me would be like, oh, great. So you're gonna just wear wing liner, you stupid bitch. Yeah, you know, yeah. And then I got to West Hollywood and I was wearing like my human hair wigs and mm-hmm. my girly fashion dresses and the mean gays mm-hmm. uh, loved me yeah. and we had a great time and I was celebrated. And I remember the the the, the trans questions in my mind, it, the, the box in the attic of my mind that had been put there and never sorted was rattling for my attention. And I had to call Vanity my trusted friend, my, my, my best friend, my brother, my sister. And I had, I said to her, I need to have a conversation with you. And I don't know what, how it ends, Mm -hmm. but I just need someone that I trust that won't judge me that I can listen to because I, 
whilst I had these questions about, am I a woman? I also had a lot of internalized transphobia. Okay. I had a lot of internalized homophobia, which uh-huh. I think stems from misogyny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to Vanity and I got to the end of the conversation and I realized that I didn't want to be a woman, but I loved being a woman and I loved being a boy. Never quite, like, I can never quite bring myself to say man because I don't feel like I've ever, like, embodied being a man because a man represents something that I don't feel mm-hmm. that I am. But then boy also sounds like you've got some Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah, but it also sounds like pedophile. Yeah. Yeah, you're Peter Geddon. <laughs> that's, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and it was kind of this thing where I got to the end and I was like, oh, wow, I just really love expressing my femininity. Mm-hmm. And... It's weird because at that moment I was relieved because I was like, oh, then this is the internalized transphobia part where I was like, oh, I'm so thankful that I'm not a trans woman. Mm -hmm. And over the course, that was 2010, 11, over the course of time with Laverne Cox, Caitlyn Jenner, Janet Mock, Mm -hmm. Chaz Bono, Mm -hmm. um, uh, the story and the conversation about the trans identity, my perception of being trans evolved yeah and i realized that the trans the trans woman that i women that i grew up with uh were ostracized were othered were self-identified as the t-word mm-hmm. and called the t-word which uh-huh. never felt like a word that was nice to me mm-hmm. like whenever i said oh this is my friend penny she's a tr-. like yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if it's appropriate to say historically now i'm not quite sure but I would always be like, oh, that word doesn't quite feel like a, it doesn't feel like it was like the ident. I don't know. It was, it never quite sat right. And then over the course of the last sort of however many years, I've learned that a trans person, I've, I've been inspired and read books by Jenny Boylan and Kate Bornstein mm-hmm. and Janet Mock and, and Chaz Bono and, uh, you know, people that I know like Our Lady J and um, other like inspiring people on television and media and i'm like oh wow the the trans identity is 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 yeah trans yeah. people exist they exist they're there they've always been there they've always been there yeah. which is yeah. the fascinating thing they've always been going to the bathroom yeah yeah right. yeah and there they've was always no been problem. trying to protect themselves always been trying to walk home safely always been trying to find love and trying to do the you yeah. know, little life mm-hmm. and it was just like this revelation where i through the telling of trans stories i came to unpack my inter- my transphobia and my therefore my internalized transphobia and uh accept and understand trans people and fascinatingly also myself mm-hmm. and it was through a conversation with chas bono about gender and identification where i i described what i did in drag as oh, it's just a job, you know, like uh, someone who works at Disneyland and dresses up as Mickey Mouse. That's Mm -hmm. not weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a different species. Nobody thinks that's weird. Mm -hmm. And uh, Or like a police officer puts on a uniform and Chaz was like, do you think that is the truth of the situation? Like if you look at the the style of aesthetic you have chosen, it's very real and passing. And Mm -hmm. you could have chosen any style of drag, but this is what you do. And the fact that I have sex with men in drag, Mm -hmm. I 
will socialize in drag. I don't just wake up in the morning and get into drag. Yes, you do. I've seen it. I stay in your house. You have 13 vanity mirrors all around. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but then normally I just stay in the house in drag and masturbate furiously in front of a mirror until I can't walk. That's not true. <sighs> Join the club. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, it was kind of this realization. And you know what? The term gender fluid and gender queer is what set me free. Mm-hmm. And Chaz sort of brought up those words and described what they meant. And I remember I was in New York City in my friend Lance's apartment. And I was walking through the apartment and I had it like it hit me. It, not physically, just like, like <laughs> I, I, wish was, it I stopped. <laughs> I, I pace when I talk on the phone and I stopped in my tracks. And I was like, oh, wait. You mean that there aren't only two options? Right. It's not right. just extreme uh, masculinity or extreme femininity. Mm-hmm. You mean that a boy is allowed to possess feminine qualities and that's okay mm-hmm. and that who they are isn't less than mm-hmm. misogyny because they're f- possessing femininity? What, what, do you, what would you characterize, maybe, maybe not now, but be, be, at that time, what would you have characterized traits as being feminine? Like... How would you describe feminine traits? Right. Yeah, because feminine is different to female and male, which is different to man and woman. Right. Femininity and masculinity. Well, I was probably more talking about physical traits because they're the ones people could see. Sure. Okay. Uh, But I think masculine is like direct and linear and strong. And a woman is like soft and compassionate and loving and and things like that. Um, And I think that like those qualities... I don't know. I just I was just taught that men had to be men, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether that was growing up in Australia. Bogan. In a, yeah, it sounds in a awfully bogan to me. Football and yeah. porno and books about war. Yeah, um, that's more American. That's um, hot. <laughs> yeah, that sounds real cool. Yeah, hot and cool. That's yeah. the way we yeah. like it. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and that, it was just so weird that it took me like thirty three years of my life to break out of a life of shame about mm-hmm. who I am yeah. as a, a my gender I yeah. suppose like the queerness the gayness sorry the sexuality part mm-hmm. that shame like was dealt with I think when I came out to my family and, mm-hmm. and I unpacked that through my 20s but the gender shame stayed with me very strong until until my 30s and like I've been doing drag for 18 years and known for it and people know about it, but still putting on a dress brought me so much shame. Mm. And uh, I think that drag queens, you know, there's this whole thing about drag queens and boyfriends. Sure. And that I, th- I think I think being in West Hollywood and trying to, like, get these male Adonis grotesquely. Grotesquely, grotesquely uh, muscular. muscular. Hideously. <laughs> Hideously beautiful. Hideously beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Roundly square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you said, so in, in your 30s, you were having uh, discussed your gender. Now being in your 40s, how do you feel? Frankly, late 40s. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. want to say specifically. So as the shame, now being in your early 50s, has the shame kind of... <laughs> Go burn a cat, you cunt. <laughs> yeah, cat. Well, it's also interesting that, you know, being in the world that you're in as a famous drag queen known for your feminine appearance, known for your passability, mm. that even then, right, and, and even with mixing with all the people like Chaz Bono mm. and other and other um, 
pioneers. Mm. Right? You still have that shame. So it, it's amazing because you know you, people take uh, things for granted a lot yeah. in terms of our progress and everything. But you still had that struggle. Yeah, I'm like I'm on the forefront of the gender conversation. I'm like the canary in the cage. If I'm having a hard time, yeah. everybody else has got to yeah. be fucked, haven't they? Like, yeah. and you think about how gender isn't something that just applies to people who don't conform to the gender stereotypes because men who, you know, straight white men, they're probably burdened with the expectation of masculinity more than anybody. Oh, yeah. Um, the, to- the toxic mask of masculinity. Yeah. yeah. Can't and- you fix a flat tire? Can't you, you know? <laughs> you can't, what? You can't lift that sofa by yourself, you <laughs> fucking wussy, fucking pussy Boys bitch. don't cry. Right. Well, I don't cry. I don't have any emotions, but that has nothing to do with my gender. You frown and shit upon those who, <laughs> yeah. uh, I shit on them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and around their belongings. That's why you shat in my bed, isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to teach I have you a emotions. lesson. I heard Courtney's developing a very strong sense of her gender identity. Yeah. And it's bringing about some feelings. So, what I think I'll do now is just. Pop this dildo out without my hands, <laughs> yeah, right under the tile. Yeah, fling some shit in that fucking canary cage, the goddamn struggling bitch. Yeah. And then I'll break the vacuum. <laughs> yeah. And another thing, <laughs> you replaced my lovely purchased <laughs> before I was a vegan seventy percent duck down quilt. With possi- uh, maybe Target, probably Amazon purchased <laughs> synthetic polyfilled Dacron comforter. Mm. Not even microfiber, probably recycled plastic bags. Okay, bag. just yeah. for the record, ladies and gentlemen at home, the 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 duvet thing of which Miss <laughs> Act is currently speaking. Oh, was it already in the cupboard? Was fucking disgusting. Mine. It, yours was so ugly. Well, oh, I thought you, you mean meant- the cover. The cover. I mean, the contents. Oh, I, th- I, I had it was to befouled, it. though. I had right? to throw it away, Mom. Yeah, you fouled it, right? I fouled It was besmirched and befouled. Oh. It was so gnarly. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had asked him if perhaps, you know, there'd be... Because he said, oh, you have a Casper mattress. And I said, well, I think you'll be buying one for Dot someone com. very soon, right? Yeah, but yeah. you didn't. You know what? I if didn't. you have to ask the question, you already know the answer. That's and right. when you said to me, I, do you think I, I think I need to buy a new mattress? <laughs> yeah. You had already answered the question. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> You don't think I of that did. unless you need to buy a new mattress. I've been sleeping in it now, so it's too late, and it's no, fine. No, but I put a thing over it, and plus, I really cleaned it good. <laughs> Pillow top mattress can't flip it, but I, I really, I sprayed the shit out of it with your stupid, like, non-working vegan spray, <laughs> and, and, which like literally does not accomplish anything when human feces is involved. But is it like, like the natural deodorant? No, it's like really rubbing a anything? cucumber over it. It oh, does not sure. do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you know what you want to do with the cucumber? Stick it up my butt. <laughs> Won't smash when you drop it on the floor. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And then it, uh, a cucumber slices for the eyes. Perfect. But make sure it's not refrigerated because that shock could kill you. The coldness. Are you speaking of shock and killing and all that stuff? Are you ambitious with your anus? No, I would like to be more ambitious. Yeah, I was always a girly Maybe top. Your sixties. Wa- yeah, yeah. I was always a girly top who one day dreamed of being a butch bottom. Oh, okay. oh hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold that up, hold on, hold up. A girly top. Uh, 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 Describe. Describe. Okay. okay. Yeah. Like as a as a youth, a youth, a youth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I uh, d- bottoming didn't come naturally to me. I looked like your archetypal twink power bottom. Of course, but like you know, can't judge a book by its covers, no, Courtney. Exactly. But that's an interesting thing to get into because a lot of people do they judge a book by yeah. that, Craig, 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 yes. they Katya. I'm, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. <laughs> How Katya. dare you agree with me, well, Katya? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to make this conversation. But it's true. I hate that. Yeah, 
I and hate I, those. I really loved. Well, you know, no, I definitely love topping, mm-hmm. and I definitely now love bottoming. But at the time, I definitely didn't love bottoming. I wasn't good at it, and I remember in maybe two thousand and two, going to a, a gay resort in Cairns, which is in far north tropical Queensland, or F and Q, far north Queensland. It oh, just cool. sounds like. A swear word. It, yeah, FNQ. Oh, FNQ. I'm going to go to FNQ. You want FNQ, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we, I don't know why, but we somehow like had a gift voucher for $100 at a sex shop. And at the time, I was so uncomfortable with sex and sexuality. Yeah. But I was in there and I was like, um, excuse me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a girly top who one day dreams of being a butch bottom. <laughs> wow, what candor. And I was wondering if um, you could... Uh, uh, put something into my bag from that wall. I couldn't even look at the wall. Oh of dildos. my god, so, Pollyanna! Put, put into the uh, that bag into my bag. I, d- I don't want to see it, but I I just want to like um put it in my bag, like something for a begin beginner. And I just want uh, <laughs> he just jams a finger up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got I got I couldn't look at it. I got it home. I took it out. I felt uncomfortable about having a dildo in my home. Wow. This is so oh weird. God. Are you like what are you up? Pilgrim, born again Christian. Like, what the fuck? This is a long time ago. This is like 42 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess things were different in the Dust Bowl. (laughs) But the weird part was, I would have sex in public restrooms. Really? But I wouldn't, didn't feel comfortable with the dildo. Were you an exhibitionist or just very sort of free about where you had sex? No, I'm against clothing for modesty in theory, but have never done it in practice. Wait, wait, say that again. I'm against clothing for modesty in in theory. theory. In theory. Like nudism is good as a theory, as a but theory, not. But I've never managed practice. to do it myself. I tr- hang on, we're going to get. I, I'll not segue yet. Um, you don't have to segue. The dildo. We don't. Okay. Was in the plastic wrapping. I like put it under my bed and was like, oh god. I just left it under my bed to like let it acclimatize. Let me Did you think that maybe it would creep out on its own? <laughs> I was hoping. Find its way well, up. Well, <laughs> the good ones usually do. Yeah. yeah. And one of my desires to become a bottom was my roommate at the time, Jamie was a power bottom and his passion and love of bottoming inspired me and to to want to know what that joy was Mm -hmm. yeah and i remember one day asking jamie like what to do how to use a dildo yeah and he was like you know what it's probably just easier if i show you Ooh, little hands on let me do my pants so it became a a little clinical okay where i was in my bed jamie and i had uh, had sexual relations maybe when we met because when I was 18 to 21 that's how I met people was by yeah. having sex with them sure on the on like the gay scene uh-huh. and um, fuck first ask questions later yeah it was yeah. like a handshake yeah um would that be meeting in bars or yeah meeting yeah, in yeah, bars yeah. which yeah. is all I did between the ages of 18 and 21 sure. okay. bars or recovery's or What's like a recovery uh, like a kiki after the bar where you oh, after party okay. yeah after party yeah um, i like calling it a recovery Dordalanos. recovery's cute yeah, is yeah. Cute. Yeah. yeah yeah well you did nothing that was recovery akin based to recovery yeah. <laughs> yeah no exactly yeah yeah well, it should be like a discovery bar or something yeah. Yeah, yeah uh and so but we weren't we weren't sexual or sexually attracted and so it was quite a clinical sexual experience where i laid on the bed and I held the blanket up 
so like he couldn't see me and I like a like an oh. operating like a fucking theater gyno prostate exam <laughs> yeah, or something exactly. she, he, uh, there was a sheet <laughs> this is like an opera like a, like a Jewish operating sex sheet with a yeah. hole cut in it yeah. a bris a bris <laughs> Oh, um, oh. And, and for the I listeners said, at home, Courtney is now she's demonstrating full on. In my her, feet are in the stirrups. Yeah, her 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 anal opening is on full glorious, <laughs> despicable display. And the uh, buttons have popped. Yeah, and Jamie uh, inserted the dildo into my rectum. Okay, yeah. uh, in an in an oddly non-sexual fashion, I suppose. Uh-huh. Sort of like a doctor's exam. Yeah. yeah. Did you have rubber gloves on? Uh, no. No. Do you have uh, fa- face mask. Lab no, it was no? Okay. it was the year two thousand and one. We weren't as familiar with extreme hygiene as we are now. Okay, sure. You know now everybody has <laughs> well, a sneeze guard Brian, on everything. You might still be getting accustomed. Yeah, to, uh, I, I still don't know what this word hygiene means, <laughs> but I'm learning. Growing. Please welcome. Keep, keep hygiene. Hygiene. <laughs> What's the deal with that? <laughs> keep going. Uh, and that was the first part of the procedure. And, and may I uh, ask? Did the whole thing go in? Was it just partial? Was it like an inch? Just or was partial. It- I think it was like the angle he sort of explained and and like he kind of I can't actually remember. It was it was um, I don't know whether I blocked it out or yeah. he didn't like he didn't then go me furiously with it. <laughs> he didn't just, was I think was he there just, any back and forth or was it just insertion? I think and it was sort more insertion resting. and then maybe like left me to my own devices. Oh sure. good, he just got you on the bike and you just r- rode down yeah. the street. Okay, that's yeah. cool. So that was step one. Uh-huh. Step two. Now I'm going to make an admission here, which Ooh. may come as a shock, uh, it, but because ahead. it's an uncovery of a, a lie that I've been perpetuating for some Ooh, time. Oh, we love going to expose, expose, I'm going to expose yourself. myself. Yeah. yeah, drag her, read her. <laughs> yeah, the Courtney Act patented lubing technique. Ooh. Oh, is, is a falsehood. It's not a falsehood. What is false about it is that I have claimed that it is Courtney Axe patented looping technique. Oh, well, we all know you stole your act from Jackie Beat, so just to explain. <laughs> I stole my beat from Vanity Fair. My Jack, my, my Jackie from Vanity Fair. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> uh, Vanity, Vanity was the one oh, who okay. told me of the looping technique. And which is what? So when you're putting something in an orifice, right? I would just take the lube and mm. like just slap it around. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The yeah. outside. No, you got to stick it inside. Yeah. And I would put it on the on the the phallus, sure. be that uh, animal, vegetable, or mineral, and uh-huh. not animal. Well, no, humans are animals. Um, oh God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Veganism. Here we go. <laughs> um, Brought to you by Burt's Bees. Anyway, yeah. back to the not vegan. Expose Burt Bees. Yeah. Cast out Burt Bees. Twitter them. campaign against Burt Bees. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Vanity explained that you you should put the lube on your finger on one finger, and you you put it. You insert it into the rectum mm-hmm. and you rim the sphincter yeah. as if you were perhaps like putting lube on the inside of a bottle. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, like a drinking Or like bottle. a ramekin that you're going to make a little souffle in. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so you do that around around the inside. Now, the, the sphincter itself is only like yay big. I guess, I don't know if it's like an inch of like depth. Something like that. And once you get past that, it's cavernous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you get to that, that second ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the second ring. The second ring. The second sphincter. Yeah, the There's internal two. sphincter. Internal sphincter. Yeah. Um, I went to medical school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not a doctor. Uh, <laughs> but I should be. <laughs> <laughs> but I play one on television. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a drag queen, but I play one on yeah. television. Yeah. Um, then more lube, two fingers, put that in, 
yeah. run it around again. Prime once, the pump. Prime the pump. And once you've like stretched it a little, yeah. it's it's like any muscle of the body. Mm-hmm. You need to warm up before you sure. sprint or lift a heavy weight. You need to stretch. And yeah. once you stretch it, it is then exponentially more stretchy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is ready to have objects uh, yeah. inserted into it. Like an ottoman. Yeah. Or but a if rocking just, chair. But if, if you just hit it in a sort of a blunt force way or very clumsily... That's where pain happens. That's where the discomfort. And the kind of pain like no other I have experienced in the human body. I'm not saying uh-huh. it's the worst pain that I've ever experienced, but it is a very specific type of pain. When you have something placed into your uh, rectum without preparation, it is a, a very long and intense pain. Like, sure. Like most pain, like you, you pinch yourself and you're like, ow! But then it's gone. Yeah. But the pain of of having something inserted into your rectum, it's, it's probably a good twenty seconds of like a sustained, constant pain that sure. you think in that time may never end. And you're right. like, ha, 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 which is why I think um, anal sex can quite often be something that people think they don't enjoy because their experience of it, whether it be girls or boys, straight men, gay men, whomever, yeah. The, insertion can be quite painful if it's not buttoned on properly like nope absolutely not that is not for me i am not doing that right and also once you're irritating an area of such tender flesh and then you keep going you're just aggravating it over and over and over insult to injury yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and the rectal tissue is very fragile it is contains a lot of blood vessels fragile absorbing and nerves which is why you know, yeah. it should be a nice payoff instead of something. And disruptive. anybody with anal fissures will tell you. Oof. That's a lifelong yeah. uh, process. Anal fissures. Did we see her with Dusty Tornado? Dusty, yeah, at the at Blue Can Harry's. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was at Big Rigs, but you're right. It, yeah. Blue Can. it, was, at the, it was at the Tat Shack, actually. Oh, you're right. You're right. We got a bunch of ham slammers yeah. and then we went over to uh, the, the Tat, Tat Shack. Yeah. This is straight people stuff, Courtney. I don't yeah, expect so. you to Yeah, g'day, cheese. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Bogan. Bogan. Now that you said Bogan, and since you're from Australia, mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on Paul Hogan, if you have any. Paul Hogan. So for listeners who don't aren't familiar Crocodile Dundee yeah, yep. Crocodile Dundee indeed And Crocodile Dundee I was discussing actually with uh, Our mutual friend Jake Shears About Aww. how yeah how um, That that movie there's a lot of it that is That does hold up that's really funny But there's some shockingly Homophobic and transphobic moments I haven't watched uh, Crocodile Dundee Probably since it came out in the 80s Right um, at, at which time I wasn't aware of homophobia or transphobia So I'll be interested to go back and watch But I think in some weird way Paul Hogan and Crocodile Dundee Put Australia on the map Sure, yeah But <laughs> the wrong Not one. without consequence <laughs> Agreed The yeah. wrong map Which <clears throat> It created a identity An Australian identity That then became the totality of the Australian identity. Now, if I may parlay and parallel this into the present-day sense of Please. RuPaul's Drag Race and the queer identity Please and pop culture. It. It's Rand Paul's Drug Race. Yes, no, Rand, Paul's Rand Paul's Drug, Drug Race. Yeah. Yeah. Please parlay away. Um, Is that for legal purposes? Parlay, you say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't be sued. <laughs> Drag Race, when it first started, was revolutionary. Mm. And there's this conversation going on at the moment, right? Drag Race has been so commercially successful. It is Mm. proliferated across the world in Mm -hmm. pop culture. It's on VH1. It's on Netflix. People Mm. love it. Straight people are coming to it. And people are saying, wait, is drag becoming becoming mainstream a good thing or a bad thing? Mm. And is drag race becoming such a representation of the queer identity uh, a bad thing because it is at the loss of other queer identities and now straight people just think that all 
gay people are drag queens who wear dresses and flounce around. Aren't they? <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Wait a minute. But there's also lesbians. What uh, are those? <laughs> I don't see them on the TV. Because oh, quite honestly, the most visible uh, people in no, the I queer know. community right now are drag queens and trans people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, what are the common denominators there? Femininity. Uh, performative femininity. Performative. Well, we're not performative. Not performative for no. trans people, but no. for drag queens. Um, How about visual appeal? Visual, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the objectification of the female form. Sure. Um, transformation. Yeah. Uh, dress up. Um, aspirational personhood. You know what it is? What? It's color. Visual. Yeah, it's TV. It's, it's visual and then also the desire um, of the viewer. Yeah, but it's visually different to the viewer. So yeah, humans go, yeah. are used to seeing men and women. Yeah, And then they see men dressed up as women, and then they see people who are assigned male at birth who have become matched their physical uh, body to their internal gender. Or on some kind of gender experience. Yes. Yeah. Which is different for the for the brain to perceive. Right, and, for Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, the, the, the drag is intended to be visual, yeah. Sure, yeah. And drag queens have, have always have been known to be, uh, whether it was the first brick at Stonewall or whether it was RuPaul's Drag Race being, you know, the, the probably the, the most popular mainstream fringe queer something. Hmm. Probably. Of this right. current pop culture time. Well, yeah, yeah, I would say of this one, sure. Obviously, there are, we stand on the shoulders of the giants that have come before us. Yeah, big, um, broad shoulders. Uh, like your boy George's, your yeah. Marilyn's, yeah. your yeah. Um, Dame Edna, Dame Edna, uh, Pete Burns. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there are many others in Australia and the UK that, that aren't as familiar in the US. But this is an international audience. Yeah. Yes, indeed, it is. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Paraguay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, uh oh, now I forgot. Did you lose your train of thought? About. Let's I've... talk about shitting some more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're saying that the two main groups oh, that yeah. are seen uh, as representatives of the queer community are trans people and the drag queens specifically maybe from RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, which isn't which is about gender, not about sexuality as well, which is interesting. Two um, different things. Two different things, mama. Mm, yes, um, god. Oh, oh ah! that was good. That was good. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. Now available in Dolby <laughs> Surround Sound. <laughs> I'll hard pan that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. thank really you. Enjoy yeah. That. Ooh. <clears throat> so, how old are you? 36. 36. Oh, we're the same age. Yeah. Although you look much older than me. February 18, 1982. <laughs> February 18, 1982. Oh, you're an Aquarius as well. I'm an Aquarius. February yeah. 14th, yeah. Do you believe in horoscopes, their impact? Not no, anymore. Okay. okay. Hmm. I used to. I was brought up, like, my mother loves numerology and all those sorts of things. And look, I'm going to say something that might seem especially controversial to, to to both of you. Well, I don't know you as well, but particularly you. I um, I I became an atheist. Uh, oh, we talked about this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I became an atheist. I'm going to um, plug my ears It didn't matter, though, because it's not on the show. Yeah. So, therefore, it's not real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A couple of years ago. Please talk, to, yeah, talk about this. It's very interesting. And with that, it became peculiar to me to suggest that every person who was born on the same day mm-hmm. 
and I know that you can get specific, like you can you can target times and you can target, you know, and I know that it's got to do with the alignment of the planets and the moon does affect the tide. And I, I love a full moon because I feel a little bit crazy. I don't know whether that's confirmation bias, but I think that horoscopes are a lot of confirmation bias where people will read a horoscope and it will they, they're just looking for things that agree with their own identity and story. And mm-hmm. it just sort of like they, they pick and choose the bits that agree with the story that they're telling them and then tell themselves that, oh, my God, this is totally me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, having said that, we're in San Francisco a little while ago and I did a test where I ran out of two fridge magnets to my friends, one that was Aquarius and one that was not Aquarius. Aquarian? Aquarius. Aquarius. Aquaria. Oh. Word association games. Yeah. Um, have you noticed that RuPaul is a little bit of a giddy schoolboy when he talks to Aquaria in the workroom? I have not. Go back this. and roll the tapes. Okay. It's an observation. I have to roll them for the first time as I have not been watching this season. But yeah, um, uh, we're exposing you again. Oh, yeah. dragged. Yeah. I, yeah. I drag myself before you can drag me. Yeah. yeah. If you can't drag yourself, how right. in the hell are you going to drag someone else? Yeah. Amen. Um, <laughs> uh, and I read the two uh, fridge magnets, and my friends were like, "That one, absolutely." And it was the Aquarian fridge mm-hmm. magnet. But to me, I don't know. I I just I also feel that like. I don't understand the function of reading a horoscope mm-hmm. because by reading a horoscope, you're now no longer going to be living in reality of like, like accept reality is as not, not as you want it to be. You're reading a horoscope that's telling you that things from the outside are going to influence your experience. And then you're going to go throughout your journey looking for things to confirm what the horoscope told you. Right, sure. so it's, it's like, like a, a like a treasure prophecy. Map. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah, a yeah. mildly predictive text that then you're imbuing with all of these. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like the function of religion and the function of stories. Stories. Yeah. But um yeah, so I guess that's but I feel like you can't tell pe- my ex-boyfriend uh was particularly atheist and staunch about like horoscopes and it was funny when like i remember thinking what what's your horoscope and he was, and he gave me like a like a, a real like no fun zone kind of answer i'm like it's a fucking horoscope like yeah, come yeah. on have a little fun yeah 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 um which I i'm think just is, trying to make conversation yeah fuck face yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah where were you born what's your star sign yeah, yeah. it is a conversation piece and, and is, for that yeah. i understand and i normally just say i'm an aquarian i always um, just tell you i'm a double scorpio with a um a tri- i say i'm a triple scorpio with an anus rising, but I feel Very like much. a Leo. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm an Aquarian with a Leo Sun and a Sagittarius Moon. There you go. Yeah, That's I'm not cool. sure what. I just know I'm Aquarius, and I don't know the other bits because I'd never gotten the rest of it charted out. Right. Mm. Do but do you like do you identify as an Aquarian? Do you does it impact how you feel about yourself or how you live your life? Like how deep down the rabbit hole are you? I go back and forth. I'll mm. go to it in times of like sort of confusion, but I don't take any real um yeah. like succor from it. Do you know what I mean? But there it's is like- a subliminal imposition of a horoscope, I think. Like when you read it, you can't help and I just read one recently. Yeah. Just like to like play around with whatever yeah. it was. And I read it and I was like, oh no. And I can't remember what it said now, but I do remember like for the next few days, I was like thinking like, maybe it is real. And maybe I, oh wow, yeah. that's, and I was like, ah, yeah. and I felt like it influenced me subconsciously in this weird way. I have stopped reading them recently and I thought, oh, I'll look it up. And I thought, nah, 
I'm sort of out of it for a while. So yeah. I'll be out of it for a good long time. Although when people describe certain attributes of Aquarius, so they go, oh, that's very, if someone, a friend who's very into the star signs will say, oh, well, that's so you, you know, you're an Aquarian. Uh, and I go, oh, okay. But then there's something about Aquarians supposedly that are very cold and unemotional, which is not true because I, I get a lot of eye rolls from Brian. Yeah, because he cries all the time. <laughs> I've cried a lot since doing ayahuasca. Oh, oh, tell us about yes, ayahuasca, please. please. God, yeah. none of this now, horoscope and bullshit. Be- and before that, are you much of a partier? I was in my youth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I did, I, I, from like 18 to 21, I tried everything to excess. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I tried everything old. once to excess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I was, I was a club rat who, uh-huh. you know, s- stayed awake for days on end and partied and, and took all of the drugs. And, and uh, the weird part was, it's funny because I talked about this on Drag Race in my confessionals. None of it ever made the edit. Sure. Um, yeah. Exposed, I, dragged. <laughs> <laughs> set up um, framed but i remember like, telling this telling the Villain stories <laughs> and then uh mish my story producer saying like that doesn't sound like like you're talking about a, a traumatic experience but it sounds like it was a horrible experience it sounds like it was fun and i'm like yeah it was fucking great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and it and she was like well i can't and i'm like well that's how okay um but yes i did in my in my misspent youth um i think that i remember being in high school i was in the um what was it called it was like the student counselling thing and i remember going to this uh lecture on harm minimization with drugs uh-huh. oh wow yeah that's and, cool that is cool it should be at most and, and that was in like the 90s jesus yeah. christ in we just got don't Brisbane. do crack you're gonna die yeah yeah and it was kind of like uh very progressive and it was like there was only like maybe a couple of us who went to this thing and then we took it back to the school to disseminate it into some sort of drug education awareness program. And so I think because of that foundation, uh, I, I, I was so anti-drugs, uh, Mm -hmm. for my dad is a naturopath. I was never immunized. I was never, um, I had an allergic reaction when I was born. And then the doctor sort of said, well, we don't know if it was this or that. And, um, and so they decided not to immunize me because of the risk of, it wasn't like an anti-vaxxer thing. It was, because of a health risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never had a, an Advil or, or a paracetamol or whatever, any kind of medical intervention, whether it be over the counter or otherwise. My first, um, like, Advil, it was a paracetamol, like an Advil kind of uh-huh. uh, painkiller was like at age 16. Holy shit. I never had an antibiotic. Wow. Uh, anything like that. You're a medical mystery. Yeah. Cool. Until. Oh. Right. I made up for lost time. Oh, by shoveling every known pharmaceutical in into every your oral. Yes. Available. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Um, I don't in any way want to glamorize um, a drug, res- drug use at all. Or Advil. Um, or yeah, Advil right. use. Yeah. We, we are not sponsored by <laughs> no. them, so please do not. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think it is something that people, particularly young people, can come in contact with. And I think that is a conversation that should be had because there's such a taboo around talking about drugs or people acknowledging mm. that they have done them. Yeah. Uh, and that just breeds isolation. And I think um, this idea of harm minimization isn't, you're not, it's like uh, putting, putting uh, condoms in, uh, I can't think, like in a gay bar or a bathroom. It's not, sure. You're not saying we want you to have sex here. Yeah. We're saying you're going to anyway. 
Yes. And we'd prefer you to do it with the condom on. Right? Yeah. Right. For your own yeah. health and safety. It's just yeah. a general common sense thing. Like, yeah. not all, everyone is going to do drugs, but if you, some of these people are. So if someone is, maybe you should know how to do it and not kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't know how to, I just got lucky that I didn't kill myself. <laughs> yeah, sure. To be fair. And yeah. sometimes I think, sometimes I think the point was to get as close to dying as mm. possible without actually dying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Walk on the wild side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, that's kind of dark. Um, it's, it's a little. It's, it's, whatever, it's yeah, like it's a couple a bulbs little. are burnt out on yeah. the makeup mirror. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember um, there was there was very dark times and there was a lot of really fun times. And I don't think that, um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think demonizing drugs or glamorizing drugs is a good thing. Right. I think, talking about stuff earnestly and honestly and having conversations about what they do and what they mean uh, is important. Yeah. It's actually, that's something that I, um, I want to do. There's, you know, the, the, the laundry list of things that we want to do. Um, but like video, I make, you know, these videos and put them on the internet about stuff that I want to know more about or yeah. know stuff about and think other people might want to know about. Yeah. And, you know, one of them we talked about is like meditation mm-hmm. and diet. Another one that I want to I want to focus on is like drugs mm-hmm. and uh, sort of dissecting each thing and talk about why it's bad, what will happen, and like yeah. that harm minimization thing, like giving people information and education, right? Uh, and not not suggesting that they do do them. But I mean, like you said, do 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 do. We live in California where marijuana is legal. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? You smoke weed? I have. Yeah. I'm. All, I don't. I don't. I don't smoke it. Well, I, I don't smoke as in smoke, but I eat it. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's your favorite type of edible? Uh, the uh, chocolate-coated... Uh-oh. What? I'm a vegan, and I just said that I like chocolate-coated. Uh, you fucking fraud. Shit. Expose her. Absolutely, motherfucker. Don't you mean the carob-covered? The carob-covered, yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, blueberries. Um, yeah, I, it's funny cause like in California it becomes, it was never something that I did. I, I did all of the other drugs, uh-huh. but, but I, but marijuana was not something that we did in Sydney. It was all about synthetic chemical drugs. Okay. Um, also drug availability is wildly different in Australia oh, than yeah. it is in Wild. LA. Same, same in Brazil. Yeah. Australia is an island, right? So it's not like you can smuggle drugs across a border or anything like that. You got to, it's what you can make in your bathtub. Yeah. Meth sure. is huge in Australia. Very. Meth is and G. rampant. Oh, oh gee. interesting. Yeah. 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 Big time gay, gay, gay party drugs. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, marijuana was never something that we, we really did. It was always like, oh, that's spooky. Yeah. Um, it was probably prohibitively expensive as well because of the scarcity, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, mar- not so much. More like like cocaine was like $350 a gram, whereas, oh, shit. Crystal, right. whereas right. crystal meth was like $50 for a point, and that would last, you know, yeah, everybody your, your, the weekend kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... When I came to California, there's all of this like weed culture. And at first I was like, man, this is weird. This is dark. This is like marijuana being like legalized. This isn't right. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to look into it a bit more and look at the facts. And I actually made a video about, uh, I was trying to make a video about something that I thought was topical. Mm -hmm. And then through making the video, I came to learn so much about uh, marijuana and why it is demonized and why, um, which is, uh, when the Mexican Revolution happened, and uh, oh, hang on, let me remember my facts. Um, 
Not my fax number from the 80s. But <laughs> I've been trying to fax you. We've been waiting for fax from listeners, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. try to call in or something. Um, basically, oh, oh, I know what it was. Mm. It was Mr. Uh, owned, Mephistopheles? Owned, owned uh. the newspapers and the printing presses. Oh, okay. What was his name? The, like the Rudolph Hearst of Ronald McDonald. Mexico. Hearst. Hearst. Hearst, okay. William Randolph, William Randolph Hearst, Hearst. yeah owned the newspapers and also the printing factories. And so uh, hemp uh, right. was you, was a cheaper and more uh, viable uh, way to create paper. Right. But that didn't suit with the technology that he had. And since he not only owned the places that made the, the, the physical paper, but also that printed the news on the paper, uh, he delivered the narrative that marijuana was the, the devil's weed. And, and also right. when uh, Mexican people started emigrating to the US, uh, they would smoke the plant. They bought with it the tradition of smoking the plant. And it was, you know, brown people who didn't look like right. us, in, yeah. in inverted commas, smoking this thing. Mm-hmm. And it was a way to attach, you know, racism and capitalism and everything to one big story and demonize yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas alcohol was something that was able to be commodified and sold and like mm-hmm. marijuana is now. And, yeah. and that's probably why it's legal now, because people can make money off it. Yeah. Um, and no danger with the alcohol, by the way. No, it's actually the safest drug <laughs> it's of all. The, it's yeah. the safest and the and, uh, safest <laughs> drug of all is alcohol. Happening inside <laughs> yeah. of me. Do you have alcohol statistics or facts? Like alcohol is scientifically oh, yeah. the worst. a more harmful drug than marijuana. Oh, yeah. Are you wildly. kidding me? Wildly. Wildly. But, but most people, and probably most people listening, would be like, that's crazy talk. I but- was at a party recently, and I don't drink, and sometimes I do other things, you know, like psychedelics or weed. And I was telling this to someone who was like, what are you drinking? And I, it, he was kind of like that. What are you drinking? And I was like, oh, iced tea. What? And I was at this big party. And I go, no, no, no. Booze doesn't really agree with me. I tried it. It doesn't work. Um, but I like, you know, weed or... or um, hallucinogens and uh he was like oh no see i never do any of that stuff i stick to this stuff because see once you put something like that in your body you're not in control anymore well those other those other losers can't drive a tractor drunk but i know how you know <laughs> yeah like oh no i, I can i'm a good drunk driver yeah like, no I'm, no uh, it's like i've only parked the car 15 times on the lawn but i've never hit a kid <laughs> i mean speaking of lawn and alcohol on sunday night uh i went out in west hollywood not with the intention of binge drinking but let's face it <laughs> when you've had one west hollywood alcoholic beverage you've already binge drank because yeah, yeah, they're yeah, so yeah, that's strong true, yeah, yeah. I organized a Pose viewing party <laughs> at my home on Sunday night, uh-huh. right? I invited some friends over to watch Pose on FX, which you should all check out just as a side note. It's brilliant. But um, I got progressively more drunk throughout the day after brunch. Don't remember anything. was blackout drunk. Although I'm a very fun, happy, pleasant blackout drunk from, from you know, repetitive occurrences by all accounts, not my own because I don't well, remember. Well, there was that yeah. one woman who suffered a, a stiletto a head in injury. the eye. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and I got home to my apartment after, like, hours after I had organized the Pose viewing party <laughs> yeah. to find my guests sort of sitting on the couch enjoying themselves because Rich, my my, uh, my roommate, was there and they're all his friends. They're our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, got through the door. Uh, I have an AstroTurf rug <laughs> in my <laughs> living room mm-hmm. and apparently, I don't remember, passed out face first in the Astro, <laughs> AstroTurf rug, like mid-conversation, just like... <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, 
one of my friends, Julian, had to like pick me up and carry me to bed. Yeah. It was that thing where you just wake up in bed the next morning and I was like, how did I get here? Why am I naked? Uh, <laughs> have I been entered? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Just a little checklist. Yeah. 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 Fun little checklist. Check the holes and then, uh, yeah, wash off. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Uh, and yeah. And then I was, I was told about that and I was like, wow, we, that was, that was, you know, I mean, I don't know if I had fun to be honest, cause I don't remember it. I don't right. like, I don't like to do that. Although I, I will say that West Hollywood does have extremely strong drinks and I yeah. off, I forget when right. I come back when I've been away for so long that they are strong and you like have to think about your alcohol consumption. In Australia you can't get drunk for trying in a bar. What we do have, you mean? We have one ounce of alcohol mm. oh, and they, in a glass. They measure it. They measure it. Oh. You can only get one ounce. Yeah. You can't there's all these rules. You can't buy a bottle of wine after ten o'clock at Ugh. night and there's all these Well, because you guys are all fucking out of control criminals. Just convicts, kidding. I think, is the word you're looking convicts. for. Yeah. Uh. No, the, I, I mean, I don't know. Actually, the, my experience of people in Australia is not that much. But like, um, well, you the, had the, your baby, the dingo ate it. And the then, dingo ate my baby, and I had and a shoes, and it was awful. Yeah. And um, then, but UK, the dingo, though, the dingo did actually eat yeah. the baby in the end. Yeah. Lindy Chamberlain uh, went. Uh, her husband went to prison. She was like absolutely hum- like. Uh, imagine having your baby yeah. eaten. By a dingo, okay. which is a dog. Yeah. And then the whole nation questioning the validity of your story and it becoming a, a huge national conversation. And then decades later, at every she was the joke of, of the nation. Decades later, it was real. The dingo did actually eat the baby. She was telling the truth. She was telling the truth the whole time. And everyone was like, oh, we didn't we didn't handle that well. That yeah. poor woman. What did it get like a retraction? Like one of those like yeah, 30 yeah. pages into the yeah. paper, yeah. one paragraph. Yeah. And by the way, we yeah. were wrong. Sorry the about that. Yeah. The yeah. Baby. Go see a cry in the dark starring Meryl Streep. Yeah. It'll all be sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we digress. But the, uh, well, I've, yeah, I've walked past the sh- uh, shenanigans in West Hollywood and the, um, people get turned crunk and lit, but nothing like the UK. Really? Oh, they know how to drink. Oh my God. And the further north you go, the Newcastle. More- yeah. Oh. Newcastle, my- Leeds. Oh my God. God, like people are, are vomiting into their oh everything into their like hands and then just putting them in their pockets. <laughs> they are the the women. There are girls like in these short dresses, their pussies out, like on face down in the gutter by seven p.m. Puking. The sun is the still grid. up. Yeah, and they're just like oh, and it's. I thought that the fucking. You think white trash is trashy, Craig? <laughs> yeah. Oh, mama, you have not lived until you've seen British trash. And interestingly, uh, at least in Australia, I had never known someone who was sober or in a program mm-hmm. until I moved to the US. Oh, interesting. Really? Didn't, didn't know about it in Australia. I wonder if there's any um, <laughs> recovery in the UK. It certainly doesn't seem I like think it. think so. <laughs> no, of course there is. Back to your Australian days and growing up. So you said that you became atheist recently. So did yes. you grow up in a very religious household? No, which is the funny thing because I was never... No, I, it was just the society that I lived in, I suppose, sure. and the imposition of religion, which is quite... Uh, it's pretty... It's pretty uh, homogenized in Australia. It's mostly Christian-based. Uh, there's some Jewish people. There's more Muslim people now. Uh, but it, I wasn't ever familiar with any of those religions. It was okay. all it was all Christianity. I did go to an Anglican school, which I I don't know what, what that, that equates to here. Who I think it's like knows? a 
what do you name a religion that like a Episcopalian Protestant or here? Lutheran, Protestant, Catholic, one of them, yeah, like a Methodist, sect, a sect of okay of okay. Christianity. Yeah. I went to a, a, an Anglican school in six and seven, grade six and seven, uh, and I always made me feel uneasy. I just would I would tear the pages out of my prayer book and make Shum origami. Up your ass. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, no, remember this is pre the bottom. Oh, this years. is pre bottom. Pre bottom. So he would just bad. jack off into the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I ne- never grew up very religious. Wait, which I, is also interesting. I don't. Uh, was it that common for people uh, around your parents' age to be naturopaths? No, not at all. I think they like dedicated me to God or something like that. That was the extent of my oh wow of my. I didn't. I wasn't like baptized or um, Chris, Chris Christened. Yeah, is that re- that's not just where you're given your name, is it? Yeah, I wasn't christened uh, or baptized or. or Christening is when they smash a bottle over your head. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. And then you set off the sea. Full of, full of holy water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you set, set they the high seas. send you down yeah. the river. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, so that's the other thing. Like, I still, as someone who wasn't raised religious, was still very much burdened by the concept of religion yeah. and felt so much shame and guilt about religion. And I mean, cr- Christianity in particular, but uh, most religions are, you know, fear-based, shame-based, oh, guilt-based sure. institutions. Right. And original sin, like Adam and Eve, like it's... Not Adam and Steve. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. Not. The Thank concept of much. sin, we are born in sin, we live in sin, we die in sin, and the yeah. only thing that... Well, it's a little harsh. It's a little harsh. <laughs> it's a little harsh, but you know what? Life is tough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was fascinating to like, a couple of years ago, just be like, you know what? I'm going to... This was the thought process. Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) He's rolling his eyes again. If God exists. Uh Why doesn't he save abandoned children? Okay. If God exists, they, they prefer they. Uh, If God exists, they would appreciate me doing due diligence on the subject of whether they exist or not. And therefore, I decided to, like I went vegetarian and vegan, just try it for a week. And didn't need to tell anybody. I'm just like, I'm just going to stop eating meat for a week. And I decided I was in my bedroom. I remember it quite well. And I was like, all right. And I was really scared to, to, to believe that, to believe, to not believe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I didn't even get to understand what this means. So I was really scared at the idea of being an atheist oh, because if God existed, yeah, 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 yeah. deny they would smite me. Oh, sure. Well, and I thought, no, 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 no. God would appreciate me doing due diligence. I'll try it for a week, see how I go, yeah, and reassess at the end of that week yeah. as to whether I want to continue not believing in God or go back to believing in God. Yeah. And the instant that I decided to take that step, I felt a massive separation and relief mm. and and release of guilt and shame and all of that when i just was like in a moment like all this is all that exists these physical objects there is no anything else it was like this weird freedom yeah for me um from the the bonds of uh, the the idea and i i had already identified as an atheist because i didn't believe in the christian deity uh-huh. or any specific deity okay. yeah but I still believed in the concept of like of of 
God, and I would call it the universe. Okay. And like that sort of stuff. Like the yeah. universe, everything happens for a reason. The universe, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> now I'm just like, that's just thing. shit happens. Stuff yeah. happens. Sometimes yeah. your friend shit in your bed and that's okay. Yeah. Thank you for blaming it on me. <laughs> sometimes the dildo shatters. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes a human life matters. If the dildo <laughs> yeah. falls in a bathroom and no one's there to clean it do you have to pay rent (laughs) (laughs) do you find that that was uh concurrent with your accepting of the gender no that was a separate one it's funny because the gender issue i knew existed Mm. the concept of god and religion and and atheism wasn't something that i was aware of was a problem i was always a seeker uh-huh. Yeah. And uh always was reading books and consuming literature and mm-hmm. and pamphlets and pamphlets such, yeah. mostly. Pamphlets, yeah. Um yeah. I even Blurbs went on Amazon. I even <laughs> went to a uh, uh uh there was this woman called Esther Hicks who uh, originated the law of attraction and she channeled a collective she channels a collective consciousness called Abraham. What the fuck? Wow. And I went to Seattle to go to like some three and a half star hotel conference room to Is hear this a timeshare thing to hear Abraham oh, okay. speak. <laughs> okay, and uh, like I, I loved, I loved what what she said. I, I, it, it always. <laughs> thank you. It was funny because it took me from a place where. I, I got it. <laughs> no, no, please, no, continue. please continue. Okay. okay. <laughs> Through the teachings of Abraham, I was able to empower myself and discover that I was in control of my destiny, that my thoughts impacted my reality, and that by allowing, allowing the goodness in the world to come to me, that I thereby rearranged time and space to deliver to me the destiny that I created. Which I pretty soon learnt was bullshit. Yeah, okay. Like, because... I mean, look, this is only my opinion as well. I don't want to shit over anybody else's beliefs. No, please. It's your journey. You've been plenty shit on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The theme of this podcast is... It's fecal. piss and shit. Piss and shit. Piss that was the original title, but you know what? It's been taken. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but what happened? What what happened was what? I used to be an, I used to be an optimist. I used to be a positive thinker. I oh, used now to, you're a cynical jerk. No, now I'm a, now I'm a real now I'm a realist. Um, <laughs> no, because I realized that positive thinking and that whole new age way mm. of thinking. Yeah. was damaging to my psyche. And okay, it, and uh, positive thinking isn't accepting reality like you can't like positive thinking like optimism like yes you know i can do it like sometimes no you can't and that's okay sure sometimes you're sad and that's okay right sometimes you're born with certain limitations and that's okay sometimes you're not going to be pregnant a pregnant i'm not going to be pregnant sometimes (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes wow projecting (laughs) sometimes you're not going to grow up to be president sometimes you're not going to grow up to be an astronaut not everybody can do that yeah and this whole concept of elitism and uh and and positive thinking that tells people that they can be do and have anything they want is nice to hear but it, i think it's actually damaging ultimately because yeah. you, you just it's it's you don't have to be do and have everything you can just be you and be enough as you are and accept your reality as it is not as you want it to be it doesn't mean that you can't strive for more but it has to start from a place of acceptance of reality otherwise 
because I think sometimes people think that concept of acceptance of reality like means that you condone or behaviors. you just take it on the chin. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's not it at all. You just have to acknowledge it, and then you are free to move forward from there in making decisions about life and and such. But you can't you can't positive think your way to you can to anything let whether it's being a millionaire or being famous or yeah. just like getting a new car or whatever what you can do is take actual steps yeah. to doing that and i think the reason that some of those things about the law of attraction do have some psychological merit is because if you're constantly thinking about things in a positive way you're naturally going to do those things but it's not right. that the universe is conspiring to deliver oh, gosh, you no. what you want but at the same time if uh, you're constantly being negative about everything and constantly running other people down mm. and like belittling um other people's actions you're stuff, gonna get more of that exactly exactly because you're sort of you're training yourself how to react and think about yeah. things yeah i mean i've found that being enlightened um is that it's not that the universe is have you announced to your public that you're enlightened me. now i don't really think that that it's necessary because i think the message comes clear and i think one of so the, obviously the, clear anyway is what you're saying yeah and one of the the truest tenets of being fully and incontroversibly enlightened such as i am is that you don't have to broadcast it because you're not looking to impress anyone. Is your next album titled Bigger Than Jesus? <laughs> well, see, that's the, again, that's a fallacy because Jesus was a person and I'm a being. I thought it was more swole than Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, better than Christ. <laughs> He's pretty nice, yeah. but I'm <laughs> better. <bigger. laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, but this, it's all stuff people are always looking for. How do I feel better? How do I do better? And well, I'll tell you how, how. Where's I going to get? Where am I going to get help? You know, and it's it's um, helps one thing though, but but that whole thing of the idea of basically essentially being in denial, oh. calling it positive thinking. Mm. Yes, that is the massive trap because yes. I think oh. you do have to think in a positive um, energy okay. about pursuing the steps. Yeah, but the only way to get anywhere is the slow, steady. Yeah, one, two, three. Work. Yeah, you got to accept. You've got to think about what you want, and, and you've you got are. to accept where you are yeah. first. Yeah. You can't right. positive think your way somewhere without taking action for it, and it is the denial. I think positive thinking can be like a denial that what's going on is actually going on. Yeah. Right. Um, Wrapped in a nice shiny package yeah. of floral language. Like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Like, yeah, you can, but like... Well, and there's... I mean, yeah, and there's a the... Oh, I was going to um, say something that didn't make any sense. <laughs> this is actually my inner monologue through everything. I tapped into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I this did. is my inner monologue. I got a direct feed. Yeah, this is. <laughs> or the Benny Hill. That's my mom. Coming up next. Yeah, I know the. Um, there's. I've noticed with working out. There's like um, when you think you can't do something. The, the capacity for pain and discomfort is always a, um, that's a whole different topic though. Well, it's not thinking, it's not that you should think you can or you can't. I just think, it, don't think about anything. Yeah. I think that sometimes thinking can be the enemy. It always is. Mm. It always is. Because when you're thinking, you're thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was an accident. <laughs> this is the key. This is the key, Courtney. Forget your fucking. Your um. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
<laughs> you have to put that in a mix for me, Craig. Oh, I, you, <laughs> you, you better believe I will. My, You're going to lip sync to that. I am. My <laughs> yes, lip yes. sync. How dare you? I am a trained dancer and a and professional An artist. artist. <laughs> Capital A R T something something. I Z T. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt you. Very That's riveting okay. monologue. Um, <laughs> Uh, Don't patronize me. I, I'll go patronize you though, um, or Patreon. Patreon, which, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's worked out. Um, Patreon this show. Yeah, we are. We actually. Do you mind if I have a cigarette? Is it okay? Who can I have a cigarette? Of please? course. No, please. my answer is always yes. A cigarette. I, I, Quick cigarette I, I was break. De- sure. I was deferring okay. to the guests. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you? Yeah. Can we have? Cornyac, ladies and gentlemen. Cigarette, well. is, cigarette is code for I need to talk to the artist about the narrative they're pushing on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. While we're outside having a cigarette, I just want to ask everyone to please subscribe on iTunes and write a review. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, for those of you who have not checked out our Patreon page, now's a perfect time to go there. Patreon.com slash Katya and Craig. And you'll see all of the terrific bonus material we have on offer. Again, that's bonus episodes, bonus listener questions episodes, and also Katya and Craig's movie club. All right, now back to the show. Well, we're back from the cigarette. We're back from the cigarette, and Miss Act is um is does not endorse in any way, shape, or form the the consumption of cigarette tobacco products. No, no you were chewing tobacco. Nasty. I think <laughs> she had a squid tune. She took <laughs> off her jean it. shorts. It's disgusting. And it's just addictive. You I know think. what I think it is, though. Oh, tell us, please. This is called a segue. Okay. <laughs> I think that cigarettes, yeah, are a form of meditation. Apart from the chemical addiction, it's an opportunity for somebody to remove themselves from their current reality and mm-hmm. just focus on the now. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there because you are you are flabbergastingly wrong. Hmm. Um, because meditation does not remu- remove you from reality. No. It firmly no, no. entrenches you within it. I'm saying, like, remove... It's an opportunity for the person to... Uh, to step away, step away, take a break, and get in contact with the present moment rather than the craziness of what what they're experiencing. I remember Jamie, the flatmate that put the dildo inside me. Um, he <laughs> he woke up. He would wake up and like have a cigarette, which I thought was weird. Um, mm. But he was on the phone to his then boyfriend, and they were like having an argument, and he was like, blah 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 blah. <sighs> mm-hmm. And it was an opportunity for him to like. Refocus, reset, yeah, reset. Yeah. and yeah. obviously there's a chemical addiction as well. Well, yeah, there's. I mean, I love smoking because because it's a break and it's a it, like you just said. But that's that's kind of a part and parcel with the chemical addiction as well. But yeah, and it's also um, <clears throat> uh, an unwillingness to to sit with discomfort mm-hmm. because um, of that's the breaking of the cycle of addiction. You have to sit with discomfort. Yeah. But you know it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but meditation, yeah. I think, oh, yeah. is um, you know we're talking about all of this. Like I was poo pooing, you know, psycho babble, new age mm-hmm. talk that I think mm-hmm. ultimately can be it. It can lead people, especially. I think a lot of that is helpful in helping religious people tiptoe out of religiousness sure. to spirituality. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think that 
I don't think that's the end of the the. Well, that's not for me to say. I think that uh, that also that that sort of psychobabble, new age talk, I think can be quite damaging. And now, what I think is a, a viable solution from what I have found from my own experience mm-hmm. is um, is is getting in touch with the present moment mm-hmm. through meditation mm-hmm. and movement. Yeah. And we talked about doing something uh, based on, what did we say? The, the I think it was the Charleston. No, it's like oh. it's like the four R's or the four D's. Oh, the, right. Oh, diet. Diet. Um, d- d- uh, diet. D- dingleberries and dingle <laughs> diapers. Diapers. It was like bands. meditation, food, and movement. Meditation, food, and movement. Yeah, were yeah. the three things that we thought, uh, we think, we yeah. still think. I, I still I think. I can't Absolutely. speak for you, but I think. You can speak for me. Uh, that... Brian and uh-huh. I, uh, I think we share a common interest mm-hmm. in uh, in mo- yoga, movement, fitness, uh, diet, putting good things into your body, and putting uh, and and meditation. And for me, I suppose that the concept of meditation, I think, for a lot of people, might be uh, foreign or weird. They might not quite understand it. For me, meditation. And the style of meditation I participate in is called vipassana, mm-hmm. uh, which insight. Which, Yes. Insight meditation. And basically all you do is you focus on the sensation of your breath mm-hmm. going in and out of your nose. This is called anapana breathing. You're f- focusing on the sensation of the breath going in and out of your nose mm-hmm. and the triangle of sensation on your top lip so you can feel the heat or the coolness or the flow, whether it's going through both nostrils equally or one nostril. You can feel uh, the temperature on your top lip. You can feel the air, uh, the the air sort of flows like hitting your top lip. Um, <clears throat> and that's, that's, that's the Anapana part. And then the Vipassana uh, part is basically the same thing, but in your whole body, mm-hmm. um, just focusing on the sensations because mm-hmm. the physical sensations of your body are mm-hmm. things that are happening right now in sure. this moment. Right. And your brain, there's all of this chatter, the monkey mind yeah. is jumping around yeah. and, and you're getting distracted by things that aren't happening in the present moment because all thinking happens in the past or the future. Mm-hmm. If you're in the present moment, you're not thinking about anything because you're just, being now sure and so meditation is kind of like going to the gym for your brain where you're doing you know you're doing weights kind of thing by by trying to focus your mind not on the distractions of what's going on but rather on things that are happening in this present moment which is like how you're how you're well let's just talk about the breathing all of those things how the what the temperature is what the the feeling is and feeling the flow of air coming in and out of your nostrils onto your top lip which interestingly when i did my first vipassana which is a 10-day silent meditation retreat Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to talk you're not allowed to have books there's no distractions at all you meditate for like 11 hours a day in one hour one hour intervals it was the hardest and most rewarding thing i've ever done in my life uh that first one in particular i've done a few of them but um I remember sitting there and for like three days, you just do Anapana breathing. And it was like day two. And I was like, well, clearly my nostrils are arranged differently to everybody else's. <laughs> and I won't be able, I can't feel the sensation of the breath hitting my top lip. Yeah, I'll just have to, I was like sitting there concentrating so hard. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm clearly different to everybody else. And everything that they're saying doesn't apply to me. Right. I am somehow unique or different or yep. special. Yep. And We're very special. And I thought, I'm just going to let that go. I'm just not going to bother trying to yeah. feel the sensation now. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I let go to the attachment of trying to find the sensation, it revealed itself to me. Uh-huh. Right. And then I, as clear as day, there were these two streams of warm air hitting my top lip that had always been there, but I was just never able to perceive because my attachment was in the way of being able to observe my reality in that moment as right. it was. Yeah. You sure you, it wasn't because somebody was jizzing on your mouth? <laughs> oh, sorry. And so meditation is just about focusing the brain on things that are happening in the present moment because as you get more into the present moment, you uh you 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 stop thinking as much and you just start being. Uh-huh. Uh and you don't need to worry because right. things just are and things right. just happen. And so meditation is has for me been the the most constant and powerful tool to whether it's be whether it be that my discovery of of atheism or my undiscovery of theism um or eating or life events that have occurred whatever meditation has been the one thing that has remained consistently like i haven't disproven right the meditation benefit, yeah, to yeah, myself yeah, yeah, yeah. now meditation just trying to do that for a minute can be impossible for sure. people and i think that a, a gateway drug to meditation if you will is yoga yeah because yeah. yoga is focusing on the breath and movement. And so you've, you've got a bit more, not distraction, but you've got a bit more to focus on with yoga. There's stuff, there's something to do. There's something to do. There's yeah. something yoga. to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, the, um, when I went on the yoga, I think walking meditation was always something that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Now, walking meditation in a meditation like retreat context is very slow, mm-hmm. and it's almost it, it looks like um it looks like a a, a funeral dirge, a procession, uh, and it's it it's kind of cool, you know, and it's it's a little weird. You feel like it's like a slowed down kindergarten line or something. The yoga gets you into your body. Yeah. It gets you aware of, because a lot of people don't even know how to interpret or even feel the sensations in their body in, ter- in terms of like cues and how to, how to move this leg into this position and then d- establish some kind of comfort in a, in a seated position. Some people can't even sit down on the floor, mm. you know, and you got to be able to just sit down. And it, I think it, it also, it feels very counterintuitive to say to a person, you know, what would make you feel better? not doing something yeah <laughs> you know like like yeah. but i need a tasty treat or yeah. i need to consume some valuable information or i need to know something or be be massaged or by or some nice visual or get a reward <laughs> or get a reward yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 or do or i need to uh complete an activity and then s- see a very as clearly established goal on the other and side instantly of it. gratify myself oh yeah 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 well yeah. Then, if you're looking for instant gratification honey meditation is going to be a challenge and speaking of segues and gratification this is the end of the regular episode oh yeah and we're going to be moving on to some gratification for our patreons that's oh. right yes so uh, uh please check in with our patreon only yeah. listener questions episode and courtney thank you so much for joining courtney. us oh. shane whatever the fuck you call yourself I would like to thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been yeah. a pleasure talking about myself for the last <laughs> two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's whimsically volatile.